Welcome to Distill365. The show where Steve and Madame distill Office 365. Episode 10. Woohoo! Double uh, digits! Double digits! And more importantly, this month we broke a thousand listeners. Yes, we did. I am so freaking proud of you, Steve. For me? Yeah. Oh. You're the life of the party. Life of the party, oh. my bro. So I need to really, really say thank you for the 10 that listened to them all the way through. Yeah. And for the other 990 that started the podcast <laughs> and got bored, <laughs> but they their click still counted. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yep. Actually, I, I, I know that there's a... A lot of listeners, and they're from all over the world. They were the stats so are brilliant. crazy, yeah. Yeah, I, I saw that as well. Um, so yeah. the big USA, they're top of the list. Howdy! Followed yeah. by the UK and our mate Matt. Yes, Matt. Uh, thank you, Matt. Been, thank you, Matt. <laughs> yes, our number one listener in the UK. <laughs> That's cool. You're not too jet lagged. Uh just a tiny, tiny, weeny bit. You was in a ski lodge in Washington. Very true. Uh, I I had to be in Washington anyway because there was this tiny thing in Seattle going on. Which we're not going to mention. No, 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 no. We can, we can. We can. Um, Yeah, we can. Uh, So there was this little gathering at Microsoft uh, called the MVP Summit uh, where all MVPs from all over the world got to spend a few days at the Microsoft headquarters and uh, see all kinds of sessions around all cool new things that they want to bring out and um, give feedback to um, things that they're thinking about. If they need to go uh, route A or route B with this product or this functionality, and then we can give some feedback there. So it's it's actually, to be honest, until now, the, the coolest thing about being an MVP, because I've only been MVP a few months, and this is by far the coolest thing to do. Going to a ski cabin up a mountain with 13 <laughs> yes. other MVPs. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, John Levesque, for uh, putting that all together and putting up with me and, and uh, the other guys and girls that were there. We had so much fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. I'm so glad. And then you bought a stupid hat. And I bought a hat. Yeah. No, a hat. Sorry. Yes, a hat. Yes. Not a stupid hat. No, uh, I, I actually got a, a guy on the airplane saying uh, if I had to declare the rabbit that, was, uh, that I was hiding in my hat. <laughs> Yes, it is so, a bit like that. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so uh, a thousand hits we hit, or people a thousand listeners, which is really cool on episode ten. Right, and we're going to start off with something that a listener actually asked yep. uh, via yep. email. Yep. So uh, we got a shout out for. Uh, I actually put the name on my list here and I now I've forgot it but anyway oh, Greg no. Jennings Greg yes. Jennings okay um, he asked us if we could uh, help him out with a, a list uh, for his project for a kind of readiness assessment project plan. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think we spoke about a lot of these items over the various podcasts yep. um, but I, uh, I said that actually I thought the subject was really good how do you know when you're ready to go to Office 365. You never are. And is there such thing as a project plan anymore in the agile world? But there's certainly a list of PBIs, project backlog items. Um, But it's not really measurement, is it? 
It's no, and, and we also talked about that last time. So there's not really some kind of checklist that you can just check off and say, okay, these are all the decisions that we had to make and these are all the things that we now have checked off and now we're ready to go. So I think what Greg is really looking for is the things he needs to be satisfied with as part of the uh, drop-dead date, mm-hmm. as part of the no-go yeah. Go, no, go, no, yeah. no, go, go, no, go. Uh, I really haven't been tasting the whiskey already. We've actually got a very special whiskey to taste later. We're going to the small country in Europe called... Belgique. Belgique. We're going home for our whiskey this time, so we'll look forward to introducing that in uh, 30 minutes' time or so. Yeah. All right, so let's let's just start it off with a list. Maureen can start, so I'm going to give him a second or two to think. So, Well, what, what my... If, if I can be very brief about it, what my take is, is uh, something we talked about in, I think, episode four or something, is that uh, minimal governance plan. Baseline so, governance. Yeah, baseline governance. So you just start off with the first things that you need to get in order, and you go live from there, and you tackle the problems as they come along. It's true. In in my plan, uh, absolutely, there is a line called governance to make sure that that governance is in place. And it's not a small thing. So what are the three areas of governance you need to have in place? And the first one, you need to understand what your um, content classification is. Mm-hmm. So I might have content that is really sensitive, GDPR type of content, and yep. I might just have my everyday content. Yep. And I need to be able to at least be able to identify them so that um, before my uh, go, no go is I have compliance and policies to identify that content. True, yeah. So that's governance. Yeah. Network Um, assessment. Definitely a network assessment. Um, I I was doing a webinar uh, earlier this week and um, we had a lot of people from that same company can I, can in that I just same say building. That when you said you're doing a webinar, a webinar to me is where everybody can actually hear what you're saying. Yes. So this really wasn't a webinar. <laughs> it was a kind of half no, webinar. No, because we had bandwidth issues and everyone who was listening in from that same building had terrible sound, terrible uh, um, visuals. Uh, but all the people that were listening from other locations, they had crystal clear sound, perfect 10 by 10 uh, visual. So the guy so at the end of South End Pier, one mile into the River Thames on his 4G, 4G phone, tablet, I know, perfect he had, visualization. He had just perfect, perfect webinar. Uh, but everyone... Uh, uh, in in the same building, who were all uh, listening to it or uh, looking at it at the same time, they were all complaining that uh, the sound was super bad and things like that. So, so yeah. test okay, but yes, do a network assessment. Microsoft yes. will do one for you, so then you can actually, you know, it costs money. Yes, yeah. Moran is sitting it's, there rubbing his fingers, going, yeah, "Hey, this yeah, is yeah. not cheap." Yeah. But the thing about Microsoft doing it is that you are able to say. Listen, Microsoft has suggested we need to make these changes to our network. Yeah. And I it's know we've mentioned it before. It's brilliant to say to your boss, like, this is what Microsoft recommends. If we want to have a uh, really good um, quality, then we need to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And the network team will always say that their network's perfect. Of course. So, you know, this way you can say to yeah. them, guys, I know it's perfect, but we're just going to confirm 
Uh, and Microsoft will check a number of things, like you know, if you're going to do uh, Teams and te team calls, mm -hmm. so they'll they'll do things like delay and latency, as well as throughputs for the number of calls that you might have at any one time, yep. as well as files. And of course, the bandwidth required for downloading is actually quite low, because most of it is synchronized to you know your OneDrive sync and all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. as opposed yep. to constantly up. And loading and downloading yep, files. Yeah, yeah. All right. So governance, network check. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Look at the why. So the start with why uh, thing. Yes. Why I'm, are I'm we doing, doing that again? Office three six five. Yeah. Five whys. No, Answer those five why questions. For example, I have a customer and they have their. <laughs> this is a really funny story. Um, they have um, their uh, server from the office it's actually sitting in the room where the ceo is sitting and he's getting fed up of the noise that the disks are making so he says we'll go to the cloud so then this freaking server can get out of my office and i'm and i don't have that buzzing sound all day anymore i think that's the best reason i've heard for going to office 365 absolutely yeah <laughs> but but for for that but for that customer the our first thing that we need to do is uh, get everyone's personal drives to OneDrive and get their uh, project drives into SharePoint or Teams. I'm getting to want to the Office 365 to keep my CEO happy. Yeah. So that we can move him out of the data center and into his own private office. And to be honest, don't don't we all want to keep our CEO happy? That's what we're here for. I know. That's what we're here for. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. So um, just to recap, because uh, it is yeah. the list we've got. Yeah. So governance and network, network and understand why you're yeah, wanting to move. Absolutely. Okay, I am going to go with mock and adoption. Not again. Again, yes. Sorry, folks. A little technical hitch. <laughs> We're on about the fourth take of this one. Yes, but seriously, mock and okay. adoption. Yeah. Mm -hmm. On our list. Uh, which we've just recapped, so I won't recap again. You really need to know that your users are ready to go. Uh, you need to know that they're happy to accept the change. You need to go to your champions. You need to go to any uh, proof of concept, any pox that you've set up. Make sure the guys are happy. And then you also need to make sure that you've got everybody that needs to be in place after they've you know, migrated the floor walkers, etc. But we've been there. So mm -hmm. in terms of readiness... So for mock, you mean the champions group and the first uh, power users that are trying everything out? Potentially. They should yep. already have, have been through. You, well, you should be able to say on your project plan that Greg is looking for here, there's a line that says user readiness. Mm -hmm. All right, And we need to know that they're ready. And the only really way you can do that is actually going to a few of them and showing them what they're going to get to make sure they're happy with it. All right. Okay. Good. So that's my so fourth let's line. let's do a recap. So we have governance. Go. We have network assessment. Go. We have the why. Yeah. And Go. we have the user and adoption, uh, the, the mock and adoption. Correct. So there's four items on your readiness list. Cool. And your fifth one is? Oh. Oh, it's a hard one. We get to the end of it. Yeah. Um, um, the um, client apps. Go with client apps. Are you ready? So in a second, here you go. So the fifth one, one two, is Marie. Client apps. Client apps. I'm yes. glad you thought about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, that's it. You don't have anything else to say about it. So <laughs> Nope, that's that's about it. All right, no. here's a good one then. Yeah. Are you going to make sure that the new office app is loaded? You know the one that looks like your home page if you log into your web browser? 
Yes. To be honest, I don't really see the point of that one. I do. Not another area no, that we no, disagree no. with. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Let's no. make this interesting. <laughs> no, I, I totally don't understand why you have an application there that just looks here like your office.com homepage, but in an application. It loads in less than three seconds without me having to type in any URL or select a favorite. And it's I know. not dependent upon the network speed for it to actually refresh and load. True. But how do you go to the SharePoint site of your team, for example? Or how do you go to your team information? You don't want to go via that office application and then go to your team's application. Uh, your SharePoint sites that you always use, you probably have them as a favorite in your browser anyway. Have you so not noticed that Microsoft are really breaking down all of these apps? Instead of having a coordinated solution like we used to have, Mm -hmm. Do you not mm -hmm. realize, do you not see, and I'm not sure whether it's a good or a bad thing, and maybe this is another subject, mm -hmm. but all of these things are coming out as separate apps. Tasks. They all used to be in your Outlook, or they used to be oh, on the true. SharePoint site. Oh, no, true. There's, yeah. an, an yeah. app. There's a new calendar app for managing calendars in Teams that came out oh, today. Oh, I'm so looking forward to that one. That looks so very cool. As long cool. as it's linked to your Outlook calendar, I'm a, a happy bunny. It is. Yeah, it is. So... And even to-do is getting more and more functionality now that you've said the magic word. So what you can now do, for example, is when you flag an email in Outlook, it will pop up in your to-do. And I think that is super cool. It is if super cool. only they would now do the planner and to-do integration, then I would be such a happy bunny and I would be using to-do 24-7. That's okay. So tonight <laughs> I'm going to be kneeling at the side of my bed and go, okay. Microsoft. Dear Lord, oh dear, dear Lord. Microsoft, can dear you Satya. please set it so that yeah, Microsoft will can, yeah yeah yeah. That's, and there's we perhaps have to set a, a, a site up called User Voice and maybe we can suggest a few things. Mm, sounds but like going a plan. back to anyway, why you yes. would use the app. So yes. I don't think the app is supposed to do everything, but what it does is it doesn't do anything. It gets you to your latest and greatest content. So I don't need to open my file explorer. I don't need to open my browser. I'm able to just open the app and I know that the two or three or four documents that I'm currently working on are there with, and I don't have to care about where they are but or find I them or sort them or do them. I have that as well. If I right click on my Word or my Excel or my PowerPoint, if I right click uh, on that, it will just really? show me show me the last, really? the last few files that I've been working on. If I right click on Word, it actually shows me the last eight files yeah. I've been working on. That's really cool. I didn't know that. I've learned something. You didn't? New. Oh, oh, I'm using that all the time. So um, am I now, I think. Yeah, all right, that then. is that is so one of the coolest things that. So uh, your decision uh, is that you yeah. won't load the uh, the Windows app, which is fine. And actually, I think you've convinced no, me it's I probably not as good as I thought it was. No, I. It is very good, but I don't see the point of using it. That's that's my whole thing. Now, to be honest, I haven't really played around with it, so maybe there's some hidden value that I'm totally missing. I just maybe use some it. of our listeners will say, "Maran, you doffed it." Um, there's definitely some value in there. This and this and this. Please prove prove me wrong. So, if uh, if you really want to have a prove us wrong here, you need to open up your Twitter, put in Maran Summers hashtag Daft Turd. 
<laughs> and then we'll know whether you agree with him or not. Yes, <laughs> yes. Or say, uh, hashtag good boy, if you think I'm right, daft dirt, if you think I'm wrong. Well, there you brilliant. go, look. They must be listening because I've just, my watch has just told me we've got a new tweet in that says, oh, brilliant. Daft <laughs> hashtag daft dirt. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, but, but the apps generally. So, yeah. um, uh, making sure that Pro Tools 365 is working properly. Make sure that it's being updated. Make sure that the accounts are being logged in. Yeah. Make sure that when they suddenly open up their SharePoint document on their day one of launch. So in terms of readiness... And also make sure your Excel macros are still working. Yeah, well, by that because point, I'm I had a client done. at some point in my career and we were ready to roll out the office client apps and they would just say, well... You do know that in our multinational company that we are running, that we have, um, what was the name again that they called it? Um, they were using them uh, and they were so important that if they couldn't run them anymore, that the whole business would just fail. Tactical tools. So where they're connecting to external services in Excel and they're yeah. bringing in reports, yeah. And, so, and where you need to convert them to Power BI. Yes. Again, so you're right. So yeah. in our list of things, which is now growing rather large, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and hopefully Greg is making a list of these lists. Yeah. As he's going so the let's podcast. do a recap just oh. for his sake. Oh, you've so got a young memory. So here number you go. one, we've got our uh, governance. Number two, we've got our network assessment. Number three, we've got our why and make our CEO happy. Number four, we had the mock and the adoption. And number five, we had the client apps. Yay! Oh, well wow. done, Moran. Well, I'm, I'm not so jet lagged as I thought I was. No, but this Brilliant. is just another example is why we save the whiskey to the end. <laughs> yes. All yes. right. So do we have a sixth? Can we actually think of another good sixth well, on our readiness list? Do we want to include uh, our training and the coaching of our users? Do we want to put that into adoption or not? Because I think that they're they're very tightly related, but I don't think they're the same thing. They're different in the basis that they have different KPIs. So yeah, on the basis that we have our list of six items and we say our network assessment is a go because we've reached this figure. Mm -hmm. So maybe you decide you want to train 15% of the organization or 30% of the organization on how to use Outlook before you migrate Outlook. Yeah. For example. Yeah. So maybe if you're, you're coming right, maybe from a Lotus Notes environment, for example. Correct. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And people we, do panic about that. Absolutely. Yeah. And also one of the things that rarely happen in projects and that I once heard a really brilliant project manager ask to a client is how are we going to measure if this is a success or not? That is a whole new podcast and we have not got no, time absolutely, to do that. but I think that is definitely a sixth one. Seventh uh, then. Or seventh. Yeah. Sixth if the training, seventh is have your measurement tools ready for yeah. What are your life. KPIs for success? Number eight for me is your stakeholder approval before you go live. So your yes. board, Pretty your important. project yeah. board, your project stakeholders, yeah. they all need to uh, go around the table and go anonymous. Yes, we're good to go. Yeah. But Greg is they probably looking for this safe. list so that he can sit and do his magic presentation in front of those people to be able yeah. to get them to do the, the all go. All right, let's just take a five-second break while we see whether there is a seventh. Are we missing something obvious? 
licenses. Oh, 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 yes. Licenses. Yes. So you yes. need to make sure you've got all the licenses in and they're all appropriately managed and there's a process for uh, joiners, leavers and all that kind of stuff. So yep. processes generally. So yep. new additions, management, everything else. Uh, all of your admins. So you have mm-hmm. all of your admin areas covered. So yep. I have a Teams admin and they understand yep. the governance they're working to. I have I SharePoint have my admins. billing admin. I have yep. a billing admin. Yes, yes. I have yes. an exchange admin. So all yep. of the admin my roles. compliance and my security, which are now two. Three, uh, four, and five. Two uh, different admin centers. There's lots yep. and lots of different ones. And yep. if based upon some of the stuff we've been reading today on where Teams is going, which we're not going to talk about because we'll be here for a week, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of different things for private groups and all that kind of stuff. I will post the link on uh, yeah. the, the show notes. Great it's, article uh, from All the things that they uh, showed at the Enterprise Connect yep. um, thing last week. Absolutely. And if we have all those administrators, those administrators need to meet on a regular basis, whether it's monthly or whatever, to agree mm. changes. Yeah. So you have a process for any administration changes. Yeah. We talked briefly uh, about the scaffold process that Microsoft used earlier for potential subjects for our Office 365 distilled live events that we are oh, kind of putting together. What a teaser. What, what a, a teaser. teaser. Yes. A subtle hint there. Uh, mm. But we talked about the scaffolds thing where Microsoft mm-hmm. uh, asks you for all of your information and then they go and set up your tenants for you and they will set up a live dev and production environment. So you yeah, need pretty processes cool. that need to decide when we release something, how we test changes and updates and all those mm-hmm. kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, this is not a bad. There's, there's 10 items, Greg, actually. So thank you, Greg, actually, for putting this thought idea in our head. I thought it was a really question. good idea. Yes. Um, so I hope that's managed to do that. Have you got anything else that you'd like to talk about? Are you speaking? We we normally start off by talking about where we we're where going, we have kind been of speaking, yeah. where we've been. Yeah. Oh, well, we know yeah. you went to Seattle, but let's not mention that. No. Uh, what's the speaker program like? You are going to oh um, in in uh, a few days actually. So at the sixth of April, I'll be speaking at uh, SharePoint Saturday in Warsaw. Uh, around uh, Teams etiquette. Um, the week later, I'll be in Brno, which is in Czechia, uh, where I will do my talk, a really, really, really long talk because the talk is 75 minutes there, uh, around the uh, nice ways how you can make a list look prettier with all the conditional formatting. You can talk for 75 minutes? I can talk for days. You can. All right. Oh. So uh, if anybody else is going to that event and they're listening to you, um, count how many times he says, uh. Uh. All right. We're going to do an <laughs> uh count. There we go. And tweet the number. Yeah. And uh, take them there. Plus, we need to come up with a hashtag for a free ticket. Absolutely, we do. Um, so tell us what the ticket is. So I have one ticket for... Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday at the Collab Summit, which is happening in Wiesbaden uh, at uh, 28 and 29 of May of this year. So if you really want to go... Then you need to hashtag thank you, Moraine. So you need a tweet that is hashtagged with Office 365 distilled Distilled. and hashtag thank you, Moraine. And the first tweet we get with those two hashtags in will get the free ticket. The free ticket to 
collapse of it. Now, no, there's legal no, terms, no travel. Legal terms, yes, we have yes, no travel. No travel in there, there's no, no hotel. whiskey. There's, there's no hotel. There might be whiskey. Moraine is going to be there. <laughs> so uh, go to his session and hashtag at the end of that with you owe me a whiskey. Hashtag you owe me a whiskey. And uh, um, maybe he'll take oh, you out so to the Oh, so many bar. hashtags today. It is hashtag wow, day. Wow, it's hashtag day, apparently, yeah. <laughs> hashtag galore. Hey, I like that, hashtag galore. <laughs> but I will I will be speaking as well uh, in, in Wiesbaden at the Collab Summit. Um, and then uh, a week later, I will also be in London on the 1st of June. Ah, yes. Uh, yeah, and I will also be talking there. Um and I have to say, uh, all these uh, events, they are getting such a great lineup. There are so many really cool speakers, people that I really look forward to meeting again or to see for the first time that will all be coming to those events. It's a, it's a st- I'm starstruck uh, Listen, for the, the Listeners, lineup. let me tell you something. The main reason that Moraine wants to see these people again is just to find out exactly how embarrassing he was <laughs> at the summit last week when he found this bar with all the bourbons that he uh, mm. managed to and he's I've seen the photographs but I think he needs the facts from his friends yes <laughs> and if it was time. really 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 embarrassing just just lie to me and tell me that I behaved like a good schoolboy or something all right cool anyway uh, I think that was a really good uh, subject but no no we really have been talking for nearly 30 minutes now wow yeah okay time flew by so uh, anyway so would you like to do another quick recap of the uh, <laughs> no probably not listen I um, I went hey but Steve what are, what are you up to for the, the next few weeks oh. months do you have anything uh, special planned yeah I uh, but most of it is work work uh, pressures on to um, uh, get all of the implementation plans on a really big project I've got. So quite honestly, I'm doing things like um, setting up information chapters and information guilds mm. so that uh, the organization, those processes we talked about, yep. they actually are quite complicated to do because you're diving into the politics of the organizations. So, oh, yeah. you know, do I, do I need to bring HR and legal into deciding what my retention schedule is going to be? And if something changes, who do I have to have it approved by and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. in terms of speaking, I'm up for a few events. I've applied to, uh, to take my uh, digital transformation in an agile word speech. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, if you fancy hearing that, uh, then somebody needs to approve me. But uh, actually, it's at the moment, nothing specific. Just really okay. busy on on normal stuff. But thank yeah. you for asking. I want to get onto the whiskey. Yeah, yeah. I want to go to the whiskey. We, um, I was uh, out shopping the other day, just down the road here, actually, at mm-hmm. uh, in uh, Belgium, as and, one does, uh, as one does, and I managed to buy a Belgium single malt whiskey and it was in a great little box and it was a tasting set so it came with a great glass mm-hmm. and uh, this is a uh, Gouden Corollas is that the right way that of saying it? That is the proper, uh, proper pronouncement it's a yeah. single malt whiskey so I'm really looking forward yeah. to tasting this yeah. this is another one that's been finalized in a beer barrel so we yeah. we did the Tell me which well, one did we do it's in the stout it's barrel? I've I've been I've been reading up on oh, it, okay. and it's it's not really a beer barrel. It's just a barrel according to their specifications. So it's very vague at what kind of barrel oh, yes, it is. Yes, said wooden casks made by a cooper in accordance with our own 
uh, specification. Yeah. So, so the specification is it should not leak. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. I think that's a really bullshit thing to, to say on the box anyway. But let, let me tell you just a little bit about the, the brand, How the Carolus. How the Carolus is um, it's, it's actually a beer. It's a number of beers that they have been brewing in Mechelen, which is actually right between where you live and where I live. So when I'm driving up to you, I always uh, pass Mechelen. Uh, it's a really good, uh, very famous Belgian beer. It's it's really good. I like the taste a lot. And a few years ago, they said, okay, um, we've got all that uh, malt and barley that we have. So we could also try something else with it. So that's why they went into the whiskey business. They got some copper mills from Scotland, so proper uh, proper stuff. Um, I read that. Copper just in mills. The, no, not mills. Um, uh, the, the kettles. The kettles. Uh, I just read that in the in the little book. So it's, uh, I'm just acting like I know all this stuff, but I really don't. Okay. Um, but I I already had the whiskey um, like two years ago, something like that, um, and I really love it. Okay, I I really adore. Uh, so the, uh, the, the uh, another friend of ours, uh, Matt, who goes under the name of uh, Catch Matt, uh, we tweeted a few weeks ago. Marine came across an article on the different kind of glasses that mm-hmm. you could use mm-hmm. for whiskey. And this yep. is not a video, so I can't show them to you. I'll take a picture. We'll take a picture and we'll put yep. it on there. Um, we normally taste our whiskey in a proper tasting glass. So uh, I have a number of these, mainly from Connemara, my favorite whiskey. Yeah, with a um, big big bottom and a and skinny a slim top. top. Yeah. Yes, he is talking about the glass. Oh, yeah. yes, yes. Um, but the idea, of course, is that it focuses the nose. <laughs> I'm now sniffing the glass. All right, but it focuses the whiskey. Um, and uh, Matt said, uh, catch Matt, he, he challenged us to actually you know, telling us what the difference is between the whiskey. And yeah. I, and for me, the smell of a whiskey, the nose of a whiskey is really, really important. I I can spend 15 minutes drinking a whiskey quite happily, but I actually spend most of that time really enjoying the Just the sniffing. Yeah. But there's something about a solid crystal glass when you're drinking whiskey. A tumbler. A yeah. comfort. Yeah, it's a yeah. tumbler shape. Yeah. And I, I have, uh, my, my family bought me some crystal ones recently and... Um, of an evening, if I'm just enjoying the whiskey for the whiskey itself, mm-hmm. there's something comforting about a heavy-bottomed glass in the palm of the hand True. that kind of yeah. warms. Yeah. But if I'm tasting it because it's new, it kind of warms Ooh, the whiskey. warms the whiskey. You know. Oh, uh, oh I think that's that why we need some ice cubes in there. Yeah, oh, oh well, I, just, I just upset half of our listeners. No, <laughs> not at all. We should talk about the ice cubes from Barcelona. Oh, let's not talk about Barcelona oh, again. Yeah. We, um, we, we mentioned the Banker's Bar in uh, episode mm-hmm. 9. Um, just without giving too much away we recorded a lot of podcasts in the bars the quality wasn't as good as we'd like now but of course we realized we were also eight or ten whiskeys down when we were recording them mm-hmm. so but banker's bar they had ice cubes the size of tennis balls weren't they yeah yeah and they um, were perfectly round as perfectly well. round yeah. and it actually was really good because it meant you cooled it down but not too quickly because the, yeah. the ice balls you don't fine. you don't water the so whiskey. in terms of glasses i honestly think the choice of glass i agree with the article i agree with matty put the challenge forward yeah. so uh, i think that uh, if you've got a depending on where you're drinking it whether you're drinking it yourself to be able to um you know focus that nose and the smell then a tasting glass but i have to say most of the time when i'm in the house drinking whiskey i take a tumbler 
Yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, I really quite like it. And yeah. in this Me tasting well. kit that I bought, it actually came with uh, a special uh, Corollas glass, which was half and half. So it actually does yeah. have a nice heavy base as a tumbler, but the top does actually come together. So I'll pull that out so you can put that on the picture yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. So while Moran just finishes off introducing this, I'm just going to take the lid off this and, and pour a couple of shots. Oh, brilliant. Cool. So um, it also comes in a really nice looking bottle. Uh, I really like the shape of the bottle. And, and for now we have a small bottle, but it looks exactly the same as the big bottle, only smaller, of course. So, um, so would you like the tasting glass or would you like the uh, tumbler? I say we try both and then we just see what uh, if we can if we can uh, get some differences there. All right. Well, the color to start off with, I'm looking at the bottle and I, it, this is one of my favorite whiskey colors. It's not too light, it's not it's too dark, dark, dark yellow. But it's not yeah, yeah dark yellow. It's not yellow. brownish, but it's dark yellow. No, yeah. so it's certainly is a nice color yeah. and it, it kind of has that hint of peatiness to it just by the look you know yeah like uh, you know when a piece of meat is well barbecued or whether it's not barbecued yeah. by the look at it so that's cool yeah. um it isn't very peated though it's not very peated no. in terms of the smell no no no, no. so one of the one of the tasting notes that i was actually reading said it had a kind of a irishness to it and i thought that was a really elegant way of describing uh, this uh, this whiskey it kind of reminds me that uh of the abiki that i had uh, when we was together in barcelona i'm surprised you can still remember oh, what the abiki tastes no, like that was beautiful <laughs> in the the um mm -hmm. the nose is subtle so it, it's not it is, strong yes, yes but there's there's multiple dimensions to it um i keep trying to tell my daughters that you never taste a whiskey from the first taste it's always the second or the third taste yeah. and in this case the nose is the same you kind of that can even Caramel. I can even smell the sweetness on yes. as you get to it. Yes, it's that was that was my main take when I had this whiskey a few years ago. There, there was so much caramel in it, and I loved it so much. It's almost like one of those whisker win uh, whisker <laughs> winter whiskies that we had. Whisker uh, winters. Yeah, that we had earlier. So um, I I don't think this is a winter whiskey, but it does have a lot of caramel in it. And it's coming down with Steve. It's and we hear the really magic very words. nice. This yes. has been in my cupboard for about uh, four weeks now, five weeks, and I've not oh. drank it. Wow. Because I wanted to taste it today. Um, and that caramel is really there on the tongue in the taste. And it's got a kind of medium length in terms yeah. of the aftertaste. Yeah. And it, it gets a bit minty as well. Yeah. There's a bit of uh, in the aftertaste, some some mint tones. I don't know if mint is the correct word, but um, Check might the, also uh, be be more gingery. No, so the, the freshness that you get with the the, the sushi, the sushi ginger, oh, horseradish. The uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Take the nose from the the tasting glass. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really so, good difference. So, oh, I mean, I've now I got the tumbler with me and. Mm -hmm. You lose the focus and the depth of the nose. Yes. It's amazing the difference in the it, glasses. It is actually a, a brilliant uh, or a big difference between the it two. Is, yeah. yeah, yeah. So this one has a more closed nose than the tumbler, which and kind of makes sense, of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We get a lot of that. I'm now smelling my microphone. I got the wrong hand. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, it's uh, taste is is good. So of course, lots of that caramel. Of course, uh, the vanilla also comes through. I am actually struck that when I read in tasting notes like vanilla, vanilla, vanilla. Now I'm I'm so. Um, it's kind of weird how many times I smell or I taste vanilla in whiskies these days. It's very creamy. I quite like. It's not a harsh, but it, it mm-hmm. has got a depth to it. So it's quite creamy. I think that's what they think about the Irish. I think the Irish tends. Yes. So that's like the the Tullamore Dew kind yes. of kind of uh, emulsion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's that was really really well worth waiting for. Yeah. So uh, so it's actually made by a brewery mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Uh, in Belgium. Yep. It's called the Gouden Carolus. Gouden Carolus. Yes. Dutch accent. I yes. Guess there. It's a single malt whiskey. It's uh, in the first fill uh, bourbon cask with then the anchor cask conning, i.e., we make the barrels finish. Yeah. Um, but based upon my previous podcasts, it wasn't in a sherry cask. That is a big that advantage. Is, that's a good one for you. It yeah. is at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so, cool. I think this has been a great podcast. Absolutely. I, I loved it. Yeah. And we sound much more together than the last one where we were at the bar <laughs> and i was yeah. kind of taken over a little bit because you were busy smoking those wonderful cigars oh yeah mm-hmm. all right i think it's a great subject tonight i think uh, getting that readiness is important and i think uh, oh, making sure yes. you you know when you're ready yes. to go because in the end you just have that one opportunity to be there for your customer or for your organization you have how do they say you only have one chance to make a good impression i I was thinking along the same lines because i was thinking how many people have failed with office 365 especially over the last few years where they didn't get it right yeah so i think that greg's thought about having a kind of readiness list is important so at least you reduce the risk of it kind of not failing but not having the wow factor Mm-hmm. that you need to do and I think it also means that you're defining what the expectations of the project are by going you know we want this done we need this ready and this ready and this ready and this ready so I think that was really cool yeah. and then we finished off with a Belgian whiskey which is unusual I think uh, there may be some of our American people that have never even tasted a Belgian whiskey so hopefully should we bring one when we go to the US next time when we go to Ignite yeah what a great idea so are we going to host a whiskey tasting in uh, Ignite? Or are we going Ooh. to try and arrange it? We're going to try to arrange it. We'll have to we'll, get we'll, Dave we'll, to organize it. We'll not, we'll not say anything definite. Otherwise, 2,000 people will show up all craving uh, <laughs> we'll a bottle of whiskey. six shots. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's not talk too loud about that. But I think we can make something happen. I think we can try, can't we? Yeah. All right. Well, folks, thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed episode 10. We honestly never wow. thought we'd get to episode 10. No. All right. Our next crazy. target is episode 99. <laughs> um, so we, we're now 10% of the way there. Yep. Uh, and there's always lots and lots to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I've started doing is bookmarking interesting tweets. So yep. I think yep. Uh, yep. next podcast, let's start off uh, for the first five minutes yeah. just pulling out and uh, shouting out to people that we follow on Twitter and yeah. uh, 
uh, and really appreciate the way they're going. We, we've mentioned people before, but yeah, let, let's hit them next time because, uh, so I'm going to carry on pod Good idea. marking yeah. them and then let's start off by pulling those yeah, uh, really sure. cool comments yeah. in. Yeah. And so I'm going to ask uh, Moraine to uh, say goodbye, but it's goodbye from me, Steve Dolby. Really enjoyed this podcast. I hope you've done the same. Thank you for being a part of a thousand uh, users and uh, we're well on our way to 2000 now. Well, we're a little bit on our way to 2000. So it's a goodbye from Steve Dolby and... Uh, goodbye from me as well, Marijn Somers. Uh, just a quick recap on all the hashtags that we've been using. So uh, definitely uh, use hashtag Office365Distilled. Then we uh, at least are notified that you're trying to say something to us. Um, use Daft Turt or use Good Boy if you think you hate or you love the Office uh, app that they <laughs> just launched. Daft Turt. I love yes. that. And the one for the winning ticket? The one for the win Oh, what was that? <laughs> Remember. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to go back to the podcast, <laughs> but you need to do to win the ticket is hashtag Office365 Distilled and hashtag Thank You Moran. That was the one. Thank you, Moran. And I will put it on the show notes as well. And maybe you're the lucky winner uh, of a free ticket to go to the Collab Summit, which will be amazing. This was a very long goodbye you had. I know. All right, one more word. Bye. <laughs>